This day you fought with honor. This day you vanquished those that mean to smite us. The Dark Lord forged his enemies to reap their terror, but we persevered and slayed them forthwith. In the years to come, they will sing our victory song as we sung for our forefathers. Sorry. For the Sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, just one thing I thought I might bring up. Whatever is it, brother of the Watch, fellow kinsman. Yeah, this. Honored knight of the third men. This is, is what I want to talk about. We are using way too many words, guys. How doth thou mean, proud warrior of the North? Brave son of yeah, the... Ar there. That's what's... Like. We could really speed things up around here if, if we just cut down on the wordage. How so, brother of the cloth? Defender of the North. The th well, like in battle today, huh? um, when you yelled... Um, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, noble horde, raise thy shields from yonder field of battle approaches. Is it thy mm -hmm. enemy's arrows? arrows? Yeah. yeah, next time, just yell duck. I reckon. You know, I mean, a lot, a lot of us died before you finished talking. So, not speak in such an elongated way for the the sake of the time. Exactly. Actually, and, and just while we're on the topic, we were just talking about this, weren't we? Yeah. Um, the tales that we tell, the one about the ring and the sh short, hairy foot people, mm -hmm. maybe that could be just one story, you know, instead of six, three-hour, unnecessarily long stories. Some merit you may have in your words, my brother. Yeah. I see how my verbose retelling may I, elongate the... I don't, I don't think... You you do, no. Um, yeah, even this the, the victory speech you're making. I I, I don't know. I, I just think maybe just say we won or something. You know, you guys with uh, yeah. Your words have resonated deep in my mind, my brother. Again, I don't I think see. they. I don't think they have because you're still. He's still doing it. We won. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we make life so complicated? So many words, so many procedures, so many policies. Words can be inspiring. They can draw pictures. They can be persuasive. But then they can be deceiving and manipulative. They can cause confusion and suspicion. And words come at us from so many different directions. And they come fast. And in a time where our words can lead us in the wrong direction, we're studying through the book of James, and we come to one verse today. I thought that was very coincidental. It's going to be one verse. That's all we're looking at on a day when we're talking about using less words. One verse. James 5.12. And by the time you open your Bible, I will have read it. <laughs> Above all, you can still open your Bible, but I just want you to know that ahead of time. Above all, my beloved, do not swear either by heaven or by earth, or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes, and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. So it is very interesting that this passage falls in between the passage that we heard preached last week. Morris showed us the word about patience. And then next week, we're going to dive into the section on a prayer of faith and what it means to have faith in our life. And in the middle is just this little verse 
which seemingly has nothing to do with the one before or the one after. And as I studied some of the scholars and what they made of this, because it seems a little odd, did this just get put in later? They said, this is kind of a, a by-the-way moment. Like, as if James is talking to you and he's saying something, they say, wait a minute, by the way, I just have one really important thing for you to know, and it's a big deal. Above all, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Whatever else I said before is important, but this is of first importance. And whatever I'm going to say after, this is of first importance. And so that's where we land on this passage. And we see throughout the Bible, if you've read the Bible long enough, you, you know there are oaths and there are lots of times that people are, are, are swearing in the name of something or, or other. There's a lot of context for that. And Jesus also addressed this. James' brother addressed this when he said, Again, you have heard, and this is a part of the Sermon on the Mount, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not swear falsely. But carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or one hair black. Let your word be yes, yes. And let your word be no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. So Jesus and James are addressing this problem of oaths. And as we said, oaths were very familiar to people then. And oaths were used to kind of support a word of truth and make it even more truthful. So you might say something and you say, and I got to add this. So you really get that I'm very much telling the truth. And so that was the culture in which we find this. Now, there are two different types of oaths as we study this. There was the, the first kind of oath was a frivolous, trivial, valueless meaning kind of oath. It became very popular for people to say at that point, and still we even hear some of this in culture, by my life or by my head, I swear to you, may I never again see the comfort of Israel. May I never again drink a cup of coffee. I added that one. <laughs> but people are using all kinds of statements because they wanted to say, no, I really mean this. I really mean this. But it was frivolous. It was adding a lot of words that didn't need to be added. And we are... In a world full of words coming at us from every direction. We are inundated with words in our society. People can talk fast and they can use meaningless phrases. But if presented right, we just might believe it. Onri Nowen said in his book, The Way of the Heart, teachers speak to students for 6, 12, 18, sometimes 24 years. But the students often emerge from the experience with the feeling they were just words. Preachers preach their sermons and week after week and year after year. But their parishioners remain the same and think they are just words. Politicians, business people, ayatollahs and popes give speeches and make statements in and out of season. But those who listen say they are just words. Just another distraction. Communication has been lost. 
truth has been added to so much. A second type of oath is the evasive oath. This is the one where people would couch their oath either by using the word God, which means they had to really keep it, or if they said enough words and said it in the right way, they would leave the listener wondering if they had used the word God in there. And if the word God was not in there, then nobody had to keep that oath. So they became very good at crafting a good oath. Much like we get at the end of a commercial sometimes on television or the radio where they start talking very fast like this. And they right, right? You heard that? Where they talk so fast. You go, okay, I know that was fine print. And they were just going to tell me something that I probably didn't hear. That's what they were doing with oaths. Adding to them. Bringing on lots of words. Wowing you. Inspiring you. Flowering their words. But the truth is, and Jesus has said this, and James has said this, you can't take God out of this. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. John Stott in his book, a commentary on the Sermon on the Mount, said swearing or oath-taking is really a pathetic confession of our own dishonesty. There should be no need for us to back up our truth. Our character should make an oath completely unnecessary. Now, the question we ask ourselves today, are we, are we still doing oaths outside of a courtroom? Yes, we are. I'm about ready to ruin a few statements for us this morning. And in fact, yesterday, I will confess that in telling my wife, Nancy, about my sermon, I used one of these statements without even thinking. I just did it. I'll tell you when I get to it. So some of those statements are, let me be frank with you. Or if I'm being honest... Or here's the one I said. I was telling her about the sermon. I said, to be honest with you, I just stopped myself. I can't believe I just said that. I just, it came right out. Or I'm really telling the truth. Or when somebody says something and we say, really? Truthfully? Or when somebody says, this is the most awesome deal you'll ever make. Now, we're forced to make oaths in our daily living quite often too. Collateral. Uh, guaranteeing loans, leaving our driver's license when we borrow something, giving our credit card numbers to guarantee we will actually be paying. Now, I'm not saying these actions are wrong, but I am saying they are indicative of our world where we live, where truth is not as valuable as it should be. And truth needs to be proven. What was Jesus' simple answer? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Oh, but that is challenging. It's one thing to know how simple that is. But you'll notice my title, A Simple Answer? Not necessarily. If we want our words to not be just words, if we are to be people of integrity and honesty, then we must learn to say what we mean. And allow our character to speak truthfully in all situations. The people of God are to keep their word. They're not to promise to do something they don't intend to do. Or conveniently forget when they promised. So how do we become yes and no people? As I studied these words and studied the words of Jesus. There, there are four ways that kind of arose for me. One, it requires practice. Nobody wants to practice this. This is not an easy thing to practice because really just saying yes or saying no 
and moments of integrity is very hard. And we know that. But we have to start somewhere. So may the God of wisdom raise in your awareness every time you are not just saying yes or no. May that be the start. And we practice there together. Secondly, it requires determination. Before we go into the office, before we go to the school, before we go to our place of employment, before we are with our families, it requires us thinking about the areas where we have grown too accustomed to adding oaths or where we're no longer trusted or where we no longer find trust. That we would determine with the power of God helping us that we are going to have a strategy going into those situations. And we all have different ones where we know we're going to need to do this a little bit more than the other. Thirdly, it requires accountability. It requires people calling you out. I, I suspect that this week, I'm probably going to have an interaction with somebody in this congregation, and I might say, to be honest with you, or what, call me out. Call me out. And I think, you know, obviously, we don't want to get to the point where we have lied so much that we get into that calling out, but that we need that too. We need people to say, you know, I get where you're going, but that's not quite the truth. We need accountability, and God provides those for us. But finally, and most importantly, it does require the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no way we could do this on our own. You could have practice. You could have determination. You could have accountability. But if you're not letting the Holy Spirit convict you, and I'm not letting the Holy Spirit convict me, it's going to fall flat. And we come to a time this morning uh, that is no coincidence, but a time of communion where we realize that God said yes in sending his son Jesus to us. And that was not an empty promise. He didn't make an oath. He said, I'm sending my son to die for you, to pay that sacrifice, to rise again so that you could have hope. And Jesus came into this world and he said no to temptation. And he said no to those who would try to sway him from the mission on which God had called him. And he said, yes, though it was the hardest yes he ever said to pay that price for us. And so we're going to take a few moments and read through some liturgy together to prepare us. This is all helping us to realize more and more what we're doing. So let's read together as Pastor Danielle comes up to help me. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.